Hey everybody, welcome back uh, to the Matt Report. Uh, if it's been a while since you've listened, uh, that's okay because it's been a while since I've actually published <laughs> something. Uh, about, a, about a month uh, in between my, uh, my last episodes, uh, but welcome back. And as always, you can stay connected at mattreport.com slash subscribe where we are going into a little bit beyond mid-March and I've yet to send an email for the year 2016. Uh, I know I've said this before, uh, and I promise that <laughs> we'll send out something, uh, probably the summary for this show, uh, in fact, uh, so that we can uh, reach out and connect with you and always take any of your questions that you have uh, as a WordPress entrepreneur, whether you're a consultant uh, or a boutique agency owner or somebody who's just getting into product, shoot me any questions, topics that you want to hear on shows, people you want me to interview, uh, all that fun stuff, uh, and, we'll, and we'll hop to it. And as always, we would love... I say we because it's just me, in fact. Uh, <laughs> we would love five-star reviews and iTunes. Um, try to hit that 100-star 100, 100 mark, 105-star mark. We're at 75 right now, so I'd love uh, to get there uh, to 100 by the end of 2016. Should be doable, right? I think, we sh I think it's fairly easy to just hover over five stars, click that button. You don't even have to type a review. Uh, if you don't like the show, leave me a one-star review and tell me why. Or don't. <laughs> just get the one star. Any kind of review, I'll take it. Any kind of feedback is appreciated. Um, today, I'm joined by Karanda Adair of Carvel Digital, and she's going to talk to us about something that's been on my mind, or we're going to talk about something that's been on my mind um, and her mind about this whole, you know, building a WordPress website. Uh, I recently wrote that it's not easy, right? It's not easy for a small business owner to do this by themselves anymore. Uh, things like Google AMP uh, that, or Google's AMP project that just came out is even making myself pull my hair out, trying to get it to work uh, correctly with uh, the range of plugins and, and multimedia features that I have on my site. Um, that's been sort of a, a, a beast to deal with. Um, so I can only imagine how hard it is to get the perfect WordPress website loaded up for a small business owner, especially if they're trying to do it on their own. Uh, so when they, when they do come to us, when they come to the professional consultant in the WordPress space, what kind of expectations do they have? Uh, you know, how, you know what, how, how should they be looking at setting a budget? How should they be looking at what types of technology should I use? Um, and what makes sense for, uh, for their business when they make the connections with a consultant? So we're going to talk all about that today. So Karanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's, it's I, about, I'm not it's feeling about, any pressure at all about the five-star thing. I'm like, man, I better be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it has nothing to do with it has nothing to do with the guests. Uh, it's all about uh, hoping, praying, and selling to these people to actually <laughs> click the five stars. Been doing it for quite some time. Uh, it's just you know trying to get these people to click the buttons. Uh, yeah. So folks, click it's the so buttons. Hard. So. <laughs> um, so yeah, welcome. Folks that don't know uh, who you are and what you do, why don't you just give us the, uh, the two-minute elevator pitch? Sure. Um, so my, my main elevator pitch is I, I help service-based businesses to uh, grow their business, grow their audience without getting overwhelmed by technology. We've already discussed how WordPress is not easy. Um, so that's kind of my you know, my, my one sentence thing. Um, I actually career changed into this. I was, um, I did retail and project management for a long time and then just kind of decided I wanted to become a developer. So I went back to school and, uh, graduated in 2011 and worked at an agency for a while and then struck out on my own. So this is, uh, I've been freelancing and, and growing my business for three years and I'm all in with WordPress and, um, I live in Portland, Oregon and um, I'm just kind of constantly evolving 
you know, what it is I want to focus on and, and trying to find like, what's my sweet spot in terms of the things that I'm good at and, and the ways that I can really help people best. Nice. Uh, actually, one thing that we didn't chat about earlier, which I, uh, you just mentioned that you, that you worked at an agency. Uh, let me, let's dive into that real quick. Did you have any expectations sort of like, Here's here's the typical scenario that I see from from folks who worked at an agency and then started their own thing. They were at the agency and they were like, "This is madness! Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be run this way. I'm going to go out and do it on my own." Um, did you have sort of that same feeling? Like, I think I could do things a little bit differently or a little bit better. Um, was that sort of the driving force behind going out on your own? Uh, can we just let's just explore that a little bit? Sure. So the the driving force to actually become a developer was that I knew it was something I could do, you know, on my own and that it was location independent, uh, even though I'm pretty rooted in Portland. Um, but, uh, you know, literally, I just I had a meeting with the developer we were working with at the time and he left and I was like, wow, that that guy can work anywhere and he's probably making three times the money I'm making and that's that's what I need to do. So sure. the drive was always there. Um, what happened with the agency was that I got fired for quote unquote culture fit, which were the ah. actual words used. Um, and uh, so I just sort of took that as the the catalyst for, oh, this is when I'm supposed to do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't... Um, you know, and in terms of the work, uh, you know, the agency was actually doing pretty good work. Um, it was actually Drupal, um, so I wasn't I wasn't sad to leave the Drupal world yeah. at all. Yeah, uh, I but, started I started in Drupal too. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't it wasn't really about like oh I think I can do this better. It was like well I'm out on the street now, so I definitely think I can do this. So let me go let me go get started. At, at that point, did you know that WordPress was going to be the thing for you, or or did, yeah. that, or did you find that at that time? No, I had I had started using WordPress um, when I was still in school. You know, you have those sort of senior capstone-y mm -hmm. things. You have to do a project and you're pretty much on your own. So I just found somebody who needed a new site and I did my first, um, you know, design and uh, custom theme in WordPress. And I, I literally went from I have no idea what I'm doing and I've barely used this thing to, yeah, I can do a custom theme. Um and so that was my first sort of real experience with using WordPress. I had been to a WordCamp, um, and when I went to that WordCamp, that was when I first got my uh, WordPress.com blog, because at the time I was on Blogger, and when you register, they say, you know, where's your blog? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to put a Blogger link in here. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I registered for WordPress.com, you know, for that, for that first WordCamp, but I just, you know... I literally walked in there knowing nothing about WordPress and what struck me wasn't um, really the technology so much as the community. We have a really great WordPress community here in Portland. So I did like the technology, but I also felt like it was a really good group of people who were who were gathered around it. And so, yeah, I was never going to, I think I did, I had a couple people come to me 
when I started freelancing, like wanting Drupal help and, and I did it cause you know, you say yes to everything, but right. <laughs> um, literally, you know, the next year when I was cleaning out my contacts, I erased that person from my address book and like <laughs> two weeks later, she's like, Hey, we need some more updates. I'm like, Nope, there's not enough money in the world. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's like when you delete somebody from your phone and then they text you and you're like, "Who who is this again?" Exactly. Like, oh, you don't like you deleted me. Like, yeah, yeah, we don't want to we don't want to talk anymore. Uh, do you have like one big lesson? I'm sure there are many, but one that really stands out from that first WordPress project that you did from like the business side, like maybe you didn't charge enough or it wasn't project managed well enough, or um, any any kind of lessons in there that you found going out on your own. Um. Well. That very, very first project when I was in school was free. So uh, mostly that was about just learning to to develop with the software. Um, And that that was a, I mean, she was a great client. That site is still up. Um, She came back to me just a little bit ago, a few months ago, when I did some updates for her. um, So, uh, but I definitely have like lessons. I actually gave a talk about failure last night. at uh, Refresh Portland, which is a meetup that we have here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I took a really big project last year and just it did not, uh, didn't go well. So, you know, last year was supposed to be sort of the year of, you know, really focusing on my business and really <laughs> figuring things out. And, yep. and I, I guess I did figure things out by failing really yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thing. So yeah, I, I, I don't mean to really laugh at that. It's just like, I know, like, I know exactly like where you're about to go with that. And we have like these goals. It's like, yep, this is going to be the year we like, we bunker down, we focus on this one goal and then everything just goes to chaos. And you're like, where's the beach? Like, I just want to stop. But I did but, go to Maui. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But can we talk about that? Do you mind talking about that a little bit? Um, sure. So, I mean, basically, I think... I joined a couple of, uh, well, I joined an accelerator a, a little over a year ago. It's like a 10K boot camp and, you know, teaching you sort of how to level up and get those bigger projects. And, and it worked. I got a, I got a big project. But what, what I didn't have was, was really like all my sort of business processes in place, you know, a really developed system for how to move people through the business and how to move people through project stages. Mm -hmm. And so when you don't have that and then you get, you know, a larger thing where maybe it's not just you, like I had to, you know, work with a designer, I had to work with a a couple other developers. Um, And from a project management standpoint, like that was okay communication wise, but from a system standpoint, I just didn't, I just didn't have it together. and, you know, from a hiring standpoint. So, you know, one of the things was that I, I hired the wrong developer um, mm-hmm. and then didn't find that out until later in the game and, and then had to backtrack and say, okay, get somebody new who can finish this up. And so, um, you know, then after that, I joined um, I joined WP Elevation just in September and the last um, opening that they had. And that was what I wish I had, you know, first because Mm -hmm. Troy is just a master of systems and processes and really Mm -hmm. guiding people through like, okay, you want to have a WordPress consultancy, you know, these are the systems that you need to have in place and not just what to do and why to do it, but also, you know, here are all the templates to help you like implement this. So that's what I wish I had. And now that I've kind of gotten out from under that experience, that's what I'm 
busy, you know, implementing in my business. And, um, and I'm not even, I'm, I mean, I'm still kind of looking for clients right now, but really I'm hunkered down, like, you know, figuring all this stuff out and getting, getting those systems in place. Sure. You know, I think it's, it's, it's crazy that like folks like you and I who are like living and breathing sort of WordPress and, um, you know, just like we're in, we're in the practice, uh, we're selling sites, uh, we're selling some consultancy and it is so hard to hire the right people. <laughs> and it's just, and, and you think like, well, look, I, I kind of know what, how to build a custom theme. I know the technologies that I need to implement in a project. So it should be easy for me to say, you know, let me go out, reach out to a developer and see if he or she can, you know, do these tasks. Um, and I just find that increasingly more difficult than, than the selling side to a client, to the project management side of the entire thing, even to picking the technologies and the code. It's just getting the right people is so difficult. Um, have you, have you sort of matured that process at all and anything you can share in that, in that regard? Um, no, I actually went the other way. Um, I mean, it is something that I will focus on at some point and I actually had somebody email me um just asking if they could you know be my intern the other week and I'm like oh, I, don't, I don't even know if I'm ready for that but right <laughs> um so you know I'm focused on documentation um you know like really trying to record all the repetitive tasks that I do and all the I'm I'm totally nerding out on onboarding right now and I'm automating yeah. as much of my, you know, onboarding process, documenting and then automating, you know, my onboarding process because right now it's mostly me. Like I have, I do have a really good team that handles all my maintenance and support uh, and mm -hmm. backups and stuff like that, but, uh, but it's still mostly me. And so for me to be able to focus on actually doing work, I have to offload as much of the stuff that's just you know, wrote kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what I've been doing. And I've been using um, Active Campaign as my CRM. Uh, and I've been using that to, to automate some systems so that, you know, you, you buy something, you get the welcome email, uh, it tells you what to do next, you go do the next thing, you get the thank you email that tells you what's going to happen next. You know, all those things can be automated and free up not just time, but also your brain because yeah. you're not like, oh, did I send that thing? Like, what am I, you know, what do I have to do? Like, you, you build the system, it's taken care of, and then you can kind of freeze up your brain and your time for higher level things. So, um, and as I do those things for myself, I'm actually really excited to do those things for clients because the kind of clients that I like to work with tend to be service-based businesses. And so they're usually, you know, literally time is money. So it's like, well, let's not just look at your website. Let's look at like, how can we optimize your system so you can save your time, save your employees time. Um, so that's kind of thing I've been, I've been working on lately. Nice. I, um, one of the things I, I would love to uh, really set up some, um, you know, automation, some triggered emails when projects are done or like milestones and projects are done. My biggest problem with that is, and this could be sort of the mindset of the, the type of customer that we bring on. And, and, and we have actually sort of refined that type of customer over the last couple of years. Um, we've been doing really well with sort of higher ed. Uh, customers and traditional and traditional publishers, people who have magazines or sort of like local local newspapers, uh, regional newspapers, regional regional magazines. We've built a pretty good portfolio of those types of customers. But I feel like every project is either so customized 
to their particular need like i don't know like i'm working on one right now and we're connecting to like some random like publishing api to pull in some data right i i i could never work that into a system cuz i could never have that done again <laughs> or i'll probably never do that again and that, i think that's the hardest thing for me but maybe you found a way to do that or maybe it's about focusing on a set client but well i'm really focused on getting um getting recurring clients right now and so the system i'm working on is how do how do i welcome those people into my business like ah. when you get a new client the same things have to happen gotcha. every time no matter what kind of client like you know you still have to get their logins you still have to you know set up the backup system like those processes are the same for onboarding and so that's that's the kind yeah for projects it's probably a little too individual sure um but there are but there definitely are some things in terms of like okay when we hit this milestone you know you're going to sign off on the sitemap or you're going to sign off on the wireframes or you're going to sign you know so you have those templated emails that you can just kind of spin up absolutely and, and send out so those kinds of things but yeah not i'm not trying to you know automate <laughs> automate the the whole project like that, yeah, yeah. that should be personal yeah yeah awesome yeah no that's great uh one of the things that ha has really helped shape the sort of like the pre-sales side of the business like folks saying hey we've got this project and can't you know how much to build facebook right you know or right. or here's a list of things and you know can you give me a price on this stuff um folks who are listening to this right now you've heard me say it before and actually you will hear the episode before this uh with jason blummer um and he gave me the idea of an onboarding document um, which I guess I could break up into some uh, some kind of like automated thing as well or some kind of like dripped out email, but it's called our belief document. These are the things that we believe in. So before we even get to, you know, the price, uh, before we even start looking at your project, like here's here's information about our company. Um, and, and in my case, it's, you know, family owned, small boutique agency. Uh, we believe in, you know, getting things done first. So if you have the, the target uh, goal of, you know, version one of your project, like we're going to set out to get that done and we're going to work really hard to do that. And anyway, we, so we go on through all this stuff and it gives the, hopefully gives the customer an idea of who they're doing business with first before we even give them a price. Right. Uh, you know, so we don't do, we don't, we put in there like things like we, we don't believe in doing rush jobs. Like, so don't email us, you know, Friday morning and say, Hey, get this done, you know, you know, by the afternoon. Uh, it's just not going to happen in our process. We just don't work that way. Um, sure, sometimes that stuff trickles through the cracks, but we just try to be upfront with how we like to operate to make sure that we're the best fit uh, for both sides of the fence. Um, because there is probably a, an agency out there that will operate on demand, sort of hot hands, and you'll probably be paying for it. <laughs> and you'll probably be paying, paying a lot more for it. In more it, than uh, one way, yeah. In, yeah, right, in more than one way, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. And one of the things that really changed my business um, from from doing the boot camp that I did was just working discovery into every project and a lot of times doing paid discovery because you don't know. Um, you just don't know. And clients don't. It's like going to the doctor. Like you go to the doctor, right. you tell them, you know, the symptoms but you expect that the doctor's going to be like, well, let's run some tests and let's look at this and let's look at that and then figure out a plan. Right. So really it's not any different with websites. And yeah, I, I, you know, I have people all the time who are like, oh, I just need this. Can you give me a price? I'm like, no, I don't work like that. We have, we know there's a process. And if you're not 
if you don't buy into the process, then we're not a good fit to work together. Um, and, and that involved discovery and, you know, to your point about what, what's the perfect website, I think I've been, I, I actually redid my website, uh, last month to try to make it a little more plain like, you know, so you know who you're getting. I think that's, that's what a website should do ideally is tell your potential customers, like, what am I getting? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of my things is I, I don't, use GoDaddy and I don't deal with GoDaddy. So if people mm-hmm. want to be my customers, they know I just got a new client. He's read my blog. He knows like, oh, we're going to have to change our host, you know? Right. <clears throat> so we don't have to have that argument because it's not, you know, it's already, it's already out there. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of the things that uh, I do. I, I just spoke about this at Pressnomics and, you know, one of the things like I, I find that uh, you know, a lot of folks who listen to the show, a lot of folks like developers or, um, you know, freelancers in the WordPress space, a lot of them have, I don't want to say problems selling themselves, but they, a lot of them struggle with it, right? They, they feel like, okay, I'm going to a client and they're asking for, you know, I don't know, integration into Salesforce. So I'm going to tell them it's 3.5 hours and I charge $75 an hour. And they just like give them this like line itemed invoice. And then the customer wants like a thousand other hours that they didn't talk about, (laughs) but they Mm -hmm. expect to only do it in those three hours. You know, one of the things I try to tell folks is number one, be confident in, in, presenting yourself. So like you, like you did, you have this post about not um, using GoDaddy and the, and your potential customer reads that and says, okay, like I'm aligning with these beliefs. Um, you know, and, and I do the same thing. Like when customers want to know more about me, I say, I have a podcast. I have 150 plus episodes of audio and video. And if you want to know, if you want to work with me, I talk about clients all the time. Here's all, <laughs> here's about <laughs> 300 hours of me talking about what it's like to work with you. Um, and if you don't like the way I sound or the way I uh, do my business, it's all out there. Uh, and, and that's been the number one thing for me with agency work um, because agency work is, for me anyway, it's all about like building a good relationship and having those discussions, good or bad, or somewhere in between, it's going to happen, and you have these discussions with clients, and they re- they either respect you or you just part ways, right? right. Um, I think people make things out a lot harder for themselves, um, and they get too sort of like focused on, you know, I don't know, implementing the technologies, and I'm going to charge hour by hour. Like, no, like do retainer based. I don't. I hate to say value based pricing, but do like retainer based. Like they're paying for you and your priority, and you know do it that way. It's like, it's like agents, it's like agents in like sports, right? Somebody who represents a, a, you know, a big time baseball player, like that agent is getting paid millions or a celebrity. That agent is getting paid millions, right? Um, But they are working their butts off for that celebrity or whatever it might be. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, you don't want to be a commodity basically. And you want to solve people's problems. And, you know, when someone, when people balk at, you know, if people are interested and have a project that they want me to look at, the first thing I say is, great, um, go over to my, you know, website inquiry form and, like, tell me all about your business and what your goals are. And, you know, if they don't want to do that, then that tells me they don't understand the relationship of their website to their business and and the potential. And so I'm not going to be able to help them. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. So, so 
let's before we get into talking about the WordPress website itself, what about the since we're on the topic, what are these expectations that you feel like do you have a top three, top five of sort of what clients should come prepared with? Um, like I know, I know. Step zero is come come to us with at least knowing where, like, where your domain is registered, <laughs> and how to get access to it, right? Like, for the love of God, it's 2016. Somewhere, someone has recorded where you have your domain. Um, but Can I mean, I is just it... tell you though, for a long time, maybe 50% of my clients did not yeah, oh, yeah. know that information, or someone else owned it. I've literally had to spend time, you know helping people like oh you know the developer across the street man like owns that i'm like it's your business like if right. you don't own the domain you don't own, like they could run off with that and yep 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 so and and when i when i make my i i'm constantly making this real estate analogy right because you wouldn't you wouldn't let your real estate agent sign the papers for the house right when you say that to people, they go, oh, it's like, yes, it's yours. If your name's not on it, like that's that's a non-starter. Right, <laughs> so right. a lot of times step zero is like, okay, let's go get your stuff. And <laughs> 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 I've, I've had to do that. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, definitely step zero. Um, for me, I think the thing that I work on most with client education is the importance of content and the and trying to get the content up front mm-hmm. um, because that's so much work they don't understand usually how much work it is and it's the difference between if you can get one if you can get them started on that really early they start to go oh this is a lot of stuff we have to do right um, and and it's better for them to understand that early than late um, and the other thing is that you know when you when you build a site without the content and you hand over kind of the shell and say here it is you know have at it but you're you've basically just handed the client a bunch of work whereas if you get the content up front and then you hand the site over it's like here's your site let's launch it like that's a much better you know finishing experience than you know now you've got a bunch of stuff to do <laughs> yeah 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 for sure that's um that's a great sort of uh, I was just trying to like think about how even on the fly here, just like thinking about how I could break down sort of those, those in like an automated email. I can't think of anything right now, but especially like, it's like trying to show folks. So in in our contracts to take a step back, we we will always, um, we put, or something that I've sort of been doing lately as of late last six to eight months is putting in stuff that we're not doing. So I never, like I would always put like, you know, I go into the contract and say, here's all the things we're doing. And, Mm -hmm. and, uh, more recently putting in things that say, here's what we're also not going to do, right? Because either you said you specifically didn't want to pay for it um, or we discussed it and you felt like, hey, you know, this is not something that we're ever going to need from you. Uh, and most of the time it's content migration. And they say, no, no, we'll do it. We'll do it. And I say, okay, we're just going to let you know we're not, you know, in the scope of this project, we're not doing content migration. And then they get into it and they're like, oh God, <laughs> uh, can, <laughs> yep. can, you know, can you guys do this? And it's like, well, yeah, it's another work order. It's, you know, like in the contract, it's a separate work order and then we'll do it by hour. Um, but, you know, just clearly defining those lines for the customer. Uh, yeah, is so, is I started so super doing important. that. But the, then I didn't, I didn't, uh, you know, last year when I had that project, like I didn't, I didn't really obey my own rules. 
<laughs> so that's the second mm-hmm. step that you have to, you know, just spell that stuff out and then you have to actually do it. You have to remember to say like, oh yeah, that's not included, but certainly we can add it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, you know, quick story on, on my end, uh, you know, like you just said, you ha- you talked about failures last night and I actually talked about that too at Pressnomics. <clears throat> of course that was like the overarching, um, sort of storyline with everybody, but, uh, you know, there are times where maybe for worse that I stood my ground in a recent customer, um, client, I stood my ground. We went way into this, this project. We, it was, it started back in like June of last, it's one of those projects like started June of last year and we got like halfway through it by October of last year. And then people that worked at their company, they left the company, right? These two people that we were contacts with, <clears throat> had contacts with, they were gone. So like, I was just trying to contact people, get in touch. There was nobody else on their team that would, that picked up on the project. And then the owner of the company finally came back and basically wanted to start from zero. Like we want to scrap the whole thing, start again. <laughs> and, and, but like, you know, but without like coming up with a new contract or a new agreement to add oh, more yeah. dollars into it. And, um, you know, probably like you, you work with people remote all the time. Um, this guy was, this company was about an hour and a half away, which is, you know, in, in Boston traffic, that hour and a half could be four hours depending on traffic. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not going up there to do another discovery process. We've already, we've already done this and I'm not starting from zero again. Um, let's, you know, pick up on, you know, they brought in another consultant for their marketing side, which was cool. I was going to interface with them. They were great. And, you know, then it, then like it just turned into a legal matter and then we had to give money back, uh, in the contract just to avoid legal fees. Uh, you know, so that, that's an example of, I stood my ground. It probably was, you know, it's, it's tough because you lose a customer in that situation and you spend, you have to give back a little bit of money to avoid legal fees. But at the same time, I can only imagine going back and starting from zero again and the mm-hmm. expectations from that customer, like tr- trying to like control the whole thing. Cause it's like, well now, now this, you know, the agency will, you know, you know, roll over on our demand. Right. Right. Um, and yeah. it's just not, it wouldn't be a good thing even if I had settled it, you know, more, you know, nicely, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So. You just, you lose all your, well, and then you don't, you're not motivated. Like you right. want, Absolutely. You, you hire somebody to, I mean, ideally like when you're, <clears throat> when you take on a client, it's because you're motivated to help that client and help grow their business like that in the end, that's, that's the bottom line, right? That's why people hire us is because they think we can provide some value and we should be excited to do that. And when things deteriorate to the point where, you know, you're just dreading every moment, <laughs> it's yep. not, it's not really beneficial for for anybody. Yeah, for sure. Um, anything else like what, in terms of expectation of budget, like, do, do you have any sort of feeling on what customers should spend on average? Like, I guess if we could focus in on like one sort of small business person, maybe they're, you know, uh, like a general practice attorney or accountant or even like a brick and mortar retail store. Do you have any good feeling of what they should probably put in a budget for, for types of stuff today? Um, that's tough because everybody yep. is so different, but yep. you know, I, I try not to talk about pricing on my website, but I did put in that like my baseline 
you know, really base level site uh, starts around a three. 3,000, 3,500 mark because, sure. you know, that gives people sort of a bar of, because even with a quote unquote basic website, right? You were, we were talking about this. It's not, it's never just the website, right? Are you mm -hmm. going to do lead capture? Are you, do you have a CRM? Are you going to do email marketing? You know, do we need to integrate with other things? Do you have social media? You know, it's not, it's never just like the website. So, um, and the other thing that that um, I was talking about the other day too is is like when you buy a car, for instance, like anybody who buys a car knows that when they buy the car, then they're going to get insurance and they're going to have to put gas in it every week or two. And then, you know, like <laughs> yeah, they just yeah. know those things. And I feel like people who aren't experienced with web projects or with, you know, online marketing are like they're, they're blowing their whole wad on the website. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, we're gonna get this website. We're gonna we're gonna get it done, and then we're gonna, that's like we're gonna win. It's like no, when you when the website's done, that's a starting line. That's like okay, you have a website that doesn't suck and isn't gonna drive customers away. So now you get to figure out how to drive traffic to it and how to actually use it to you know get more customers into your business. And so you can't just think about like, oh, we're going to save up five grand for this website. It's like, what are you going to do? You know, somebody told me once you should expect to spend, you know, like 10% of the the price of your project, you know, monthly for maintenance and, and all that kind of stuff. So, and that's just, you know, to keep the thing from getting hacked. And so you have to look at it really as an overall marketing budget and what part of your marketing budget are you going to spend, you know, with your online properties. Right. And um, my mentor talks about this great concept that I actually wrote a blog post about um, called the hierarchy of website needs. Mm -hmm. And so it's basically this pyramid of, you know, at the base, you want something that's functional, right? It looks nice. It looks professional. Um, you've got a decent host and, and, you know, you own your domain. I mean, you know, like... <laughs> sort of the basic things and then as the pyramid goes up it's like well you know it's also reliable you're regularly updating it um, you're adding content you know and then at, at the higher level it's like uh, is it is your customer understood like when they come to your website does it not does it not just say like welcome to our website does it say, does it tell people right away why they should be there like am I in the right place like I, I hate when people want to just be welcome to our website. No, tell me something useful. Like, right, right, right. you know, we'll get rid of pests in 48 hours. It's like, right. oh, great. I've got bugs. Like that, that's who I need to be talking <laughs> to, right? Yeah. Tell yeah. me something useful. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as you keep going up, it's like you can get into more sophisticated attraction techniques like lead magnets and content marketing and SEO and all that kind of stuff. And then you can think about things like, you know, user experience and performance and having a sales funnel. Like, but it's this thing that builds. It's not, you're going to go out all at once and have all these things. I mean, I know all this stuff. I study all this stuff. My website does not yet do all these things, you know, cause there's only so much time in the day. Right. Um, and so you just have to think of it as an ongoing thing that you're constantly trying to make better and, you know, think about, okay, what is going to give us the biggest win and the biggest return? Um, and that's why, that's kind of why I've changed my, a lot of my business model to recurring because, 
previous to this it's been like oh okay you need a website let's get you a website and then we get to the end and everybody's exhausted and they're like oh we don't have any more you know energy or time or money to do anything else i'm like but this is the fun part this is the part that would actually like get you the good stuff right right so um so it's nice to have people who you know they have that baseline already and they understand what the potential is and they're ready to optimize and i just actually got a new client who's a chiropractor um, who has a really successful um, practice and a really nice office downtown and and you know they already have a lot a, a lot going for them um, but still have a lot of potential to do um, to do some great things so sure, sure. really excited about that yeah I mean it's it's there's a lot of threads of thought in this one but the I found that a lot of so our history is I mean my family's been in business for a few generations now locally. Um, we actually own car dealerships and we got out of that about 10 years ago. But uh, so my, my father who runs the company with me has a lot of small business local clients that, that he's known for literally decades, right? And people that actually purchased cars from him um, that we now sort of help with their web stuff and I focus on sort of the, the higher end things. But uh, what I found is a lot of like traditional small business owners, brick and mortar, a majority of them are, they're not, I, I think it's because they don't understand the potential that they can do on the web. So they're not as excited about it. And I'm not just talking old people. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm talking, you know, 30s, 40 year olds, like uh, a lot of younger folks own restaurants and, and bars and stuff like that. Um, and they're just not, uh, they're not as pumped up. So when you try to give them information on, like you said, lead generation, content marketing, uh, you know, even paid ad services, stuff like that, they're they're looking at, they're looking at you like, uh, okay, I, sounds like fun, but you know, I don't have I don't have time for that, right? Like I'm trying to run a business, so you know, they just don't <laughs> they don't see it, and I, and you just want to scream at them like, no, like. You don't have to be paying the radio station anymore to give them, you know, <laughs> ad dollars anymore. You don't have to pay the local newspaper anymore. Like we can do things, but they just don't get it. And I, I, I always struggle with the small business trying to get them to see the light. And I think that's one of the hardest things. Yeah. And I think, I mean, don't get me started on restaurant websites. <laughs> I actually have a blog post about that too. And that was purely self-indulgent because I just, because, you know, I get hungry every day. Right. Right. And, <laughs> and <laughs> how dare just, you? It's a, it's a pain point personally. And yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think, you know, you can bang your head against the wall trying to, trying to educate those people. Um, I think the, the better thing to do and the thing that I'm trying to focus on is to find the people who do get it right. or who maybe they're really close to getting it and, you know, maybe they, they get on your email list and, you know, then you can just send them, you know, automated things and they'll, they'll the light bulb might go off someday. But, like, sure, not sure. to spend my personal time, like, trying to drag somebody into that because they're never, they're never going to value, you know, what you, what you can do for them. So yeah. I... Yeah. I much better to find, I mean, you know, what, what are we up to now? Seven, seven or eight billion people in the world. So there's gotta be a few out there (laughs) who already get it. And, um, and you know, I was, uh, listening to somebody, it was yet another sales funnel for a course to get, you know, premium clients or whatever. And it's like, don't just find the people like somewhere there are people who are desperate for whatever you can do for them. 
and the right. challenge is to find them and not, yeah. to, you know. The, you know, here's the thing. The other, the other thing that sort of has been on my mind and, you know, I'm guilty as charged because we're making, so our company also does WordPress themes and WordPress plugins and, you know, we, we're making and we're building these tools and so is WordPress, uh, in fact. WordPress make, trying to make it easier to build these websites. Um, and that's all good and, and great. But that's like you like we've been talking about for the past 10 minutes. Like that's just part of the problem. And now you have to do all the other stuff, right? So it's like there's all this marketing for Squarespace and Wix and Weebly and, you know, GoDaddy. Like build your sites for, you know, 10 bucks for the entire year. Uh, well, great. But but the hard work is getting people to go there, capturing them, keeping them, selling them. Um, well, and what are you going to do when Google delists your Wix site right, from right. the index? Yeah, and, right. Yeah. I mean, then, I so I'm working on a uh, course, basically like a DIY course for, you know, the people who are like, oh, $3,000 for a website, you know. <laughs> the, like this is this is my thing with the, like the, the $500 website people, right? It's like for $500, I can – teach you why you can't have a $500 website right um because there's all these things and so I'm creating this course where it's six weeks and it's basically the same process that I take clients through but then it's like okay if you want to build these things here are all the tools out there that can help you build something that looks you know nice and professional and and can grow with you where you don't have to code right um so I'm and I just actually listened to the episode that you did with uh, with Bob, um, which was really great because I'm I'm definitely headed into that space of like nice. trying to like can you can you take those people who like okay they've got time or they've got they're willing to do some sweat equity, you know but they can't pay and say like okay here's what you need to think about and here's what you need to do um, and here's how to do it. Sure. So stay stay tuned. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. See how that goes. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and you know, it's one of those things like when customers come to us and and we give them a price and they go, "Oh God, like there's absolutely no way I can afford that." Um, and we say, "Hey, that's you know, no problem. We understand, but there's a team of people, and I I pay salary, so I have to pay people. So uh, your best bet is maybe go to." you know, this, this job board here or this sort of uh, freelancer service there. And then they do that and then they realize, oh God, that's even harder <laughs> because now I'm just like throwing small amounts of money out there and it just like keeps sort of, you know, uh, nickel and diming them in, in, in services because it wasn't the whole enchilada like they were coming to us for. Uh, and then they end up coming back and they go, you know what? I think we need to just hire somebody professional to do it and we'll, you know, we'll figure out how to budget for it, you know, so on and so forth. So well, you know, yeah, something like that's been a boon common. as well. Yeah. Yeah. And somebody in one of my, one of my groups was just saying like somebody came to them and was like, well, your price is too high. And they're like, well, if you think it's expensive to have a professional do it, try having an amateur. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I have, you know, a friend who, runs a nonprofit and does a big event every year. And this is, she kind of exemplifies the, the kind of person that I want to help because she came to me two years ago and said, can you help me with my website? I said, okay, you know, what's your, what are your logins? She's like, oh, I don't know. Or she didn't have, she didn't have administrator access to her own uh. website. Uh, so I'm like, well, I can't, I can't help you because you don't own the store. Um, and then it was just like, the event would come and she couldn't get a hold of her developers. So she put up a Wix site and then 
Wix screwed her over, so then she turned it off and lost her email in the middle of the event. And, you know, it's just like you do these sort of easy, cheap, you know, things, but it's not really that cheap because it doesn't really do what it's supposed to do. Right. Um, and it's just so much like the cheapest, the, the the most inexpensive website you can create is the one that like is done right the first time. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like everything else in life, when something seems way too cheap and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe how cheap that is. <laughs> and then you buy it and it falls apart on you. Right. Or you're buying like a Southwest ticket and you, <laughs> you have to literally, <laughs> you, you have to literally fight people to get in line. And then when you get there, you hope that you have a seatbelt on the airplane. Um, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> like, oh, maybe yeah. if I should have paid a little bit more for like Virgin America or something. Um, but you know, it's like that everywhere. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I guess the last thing, I mean, we sort of hit all, all the points of um, sort of the expectations of the client and sort of what goes into a site, but um, what particular challenges do you find as somebody who's running uh, a consultancy practice uh, in trying to get a digital product out the door? Because that's one of the things that even as an agency with uh, six full-time people um, and myself, trying to do the client work, which pays the bills. And, oh, by the way, we have these products over here that we also need to keep working on. Like, how do you find yourself splitting the time to balance the two? Uh, badly. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's everybody's um, answer. Yeah. yeah. No, I just say, I, I mean, that's, I think if you ask me that in six months, it's going to be a better answer. Sure. It's some kind of, you know, I'm kind of in the, I'm in my Phoenix rising from the Astros stage right now. So, um, awesome. but you know, I, I, one of the things, um, is like, you know, so you haven't sent an email this year, right? Right. Yep. <laughs> so I, I know that space very well. Like I was talking to people about email marketing and I was following Ryan Dice and I was learning all this stuff. And, and I was like, I had, and I, I had put up the form, right? So I was at least like had to like subscribe to my newsletter thing, but I didn't do anything. Yep. And I finally hit the wall and was like, I need to be doing the things that I'm telling other people to do. And so sure. I said, okay, every week a blog post and a newsletter. And some, you know, and I, I picked Thursday mornings. Uh, and some Wednesday nights it was like, you know, 3 a.m., 4 a.m. getting that thing done. But I just I just decided, like, this is non-negotiable and has to be done. Yep. So I think you just, you have to draw that line in the sand and then, and then you you pull your way through and find the time. And, and so a lot of the automation stuff that I'm doing and a lot of the, you know, trying to document because, you know, if I want to, like I have a virtual assistant, but you know, even if you want to bring on people to help you, if you don't have documented processes to show them what they're supposed to do, you know, like this woman wants to be my intern. I'm like, well, I'm not ready for that. Cause I don't have enough, you know, documented to say, this is how this thing is supposed to be done. Um, or this is how this thing works. So I think, you know, prioritizing those things and, you know, if you, I was just talking last night about the time management matrix, you know, or the things that are important but not urgent. Mm -hmm. um, I've just really been trying to prioritize those things because it's going to pay dividends. It's going to pay like compound interest mm -hmm. as time goes on. And I'm, I'm doing those things and spending time on those things less and less. So, um, 
And so I just actually launched a fundraiser for the product. So that's one, that's one of the, the strategies um, to try to just, you know, I put up an Indiegogo just to, just to get the time to, to work on it so that I'm not having to chase client work so much sure. because, um, you know, I want to get this thing launched in the next couple months. So, um, so that was, that's one thing. That's one strategy that I'm doing. And, and nice. where, where, can, just, where can people find that on Indiegogo? Uh, Indiegogo, let's see, I, it's, uh, it's websites that work. So it's, um, igg.com slash at slash websites that work with dashes in between. Nice. Uh, I can send you the, nice. the real link. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I just, one of the things I said in my talk last night, it's, uh, you know, I was trying to pull out like the lessons from the last year. And one of them was like, ask for help. Like I should have, I should have reached out to my community, you know, to find the developer that I ended up with in the first place, uh, you know, uh, and I should have, I should have asked for help like sooner when I realized it was out of my depth and, you know, just like, so I'm just trying to apply that and say like, okay, I really want to get this product out. And when I talk to people about it, they're like, oh, so many people need that. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's see if some people will, you know, put their money where their mouths are and, and, and see if this is valuable to people. So. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Like one of the things you mentioned, like, uh, you, you, you know, you, you, you purchase some courses yourself and you were sort of studying these, uh, these educational pieces, which a lot of us do. Um, I, I don't know if I mentioned it in the episode with Bob um, or if there was another episode before that. Uh, it was definitely somebody said it on my show. There's a scientific term, which I can't think of the name of right now, but there's this thing where uh, us humans, especially in today's uh, info product age, right, where you can you know, buy a course for 100 bucks or a couple hundred bucks to learn something, like we... We say, that's what we want to do. We want to learn like Facebook retargeting. So we go and we buy a course for a hundred bucks and then we never do it. But like internally we were satisfied, right? We felt like we were accomplished in learning Facebook retargeting because we purchased the course, but we never read it, right? <laughs> or we never right. participated in it. But in our brain was sort of satisfied in the fact like, well, that's one step. Uh, I purchased the course, I'm ready to go and someday I'll actually read it. So that sort of trigger effect uh, is great for folks like you and I who might be selling digital courses <laughs> because people are buying it on the assumption they're actually going to use it. Um, right. You know, but uh, there's a huge drop off. Um, and I actually heard Seth Godin on Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast or Tim Ferriss's podcast a couple weeks ago mention that uh, the average dropout rate is like 90% for online courses um, from folks that actually, you know, track that kind of thing. Um, yeah. which is amazing. It's just amazing. Well, you know, who's doing really good with this is, um, is Troy Dean who from yeah. WP Elevation. And I, you know, I've been following him for, you know, almost three years and, and it took me two years to actually join the thing. And, sure, sure. <laughs> uh, and then I was like kicking myself. Um, but he has fantastic engagement and their, you know, their finish rate is more like, 60 high 60 percent nice. range and so he's actually i'm actually you know sort of modeling a lot of the stuff that i'm doing off of the things that i've learned from going through that course because it is about 
it is about actually engaging people to do, you know, to take action. Mm -hmm. And um, I did a beta of my course. I just did like, you know, a series of live webinars to kind of test it out with a small group. And, and I told them, I'm like, if you're, you know, going through this stuff and you're feeling a little bit bored, good. Like that is the stuff, that is the drudgery <laughs> that, that you have to go through to do the things that will pay off later yeah. on, you know, like, yeah. you know, that's the staying up till 4am to finish your blog post. Right, right, <laughs> you right. You know, like those are the things. And I'm starting to see that, you know, because I, I made that res resolution, I think it was last July and I, you know, I've, I, I was really good until the holidays, um, with really sticking to that schedule. And so now I have a bunch of really awesome content that's, you know, I try to make it as useful for people as possible. And so many, like, if I, if somebody asks me a question and my answer is a link, then I'm winning. Right. Because, <laughs> yeah. because I've answered that one time and now it's out there for everybody to find. Yeah, for um, sure. And so you, but it takes, it just takes time to do that stuff and build that stuff up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Karana, this has been an amazing episode. Um, where can folks find you on the web? And again, if you want to just uh, throw out the course name again, for sure people can find it there. But where can they find you and connect with you on the web? On the web, I am at carveldigital.com. Uh, it's spelled like Marvel, but with a K in front. Um, and Carvel Digital on Twitter. Um, the My personal blog is at karanda.com, where it's mostly me ranting about how bad the tech industry sucks. Um, <laughs> um, I may or may not have seen a post or two through that <laughs> website. <laughs> uh, and I'm at Karanda on Twitter. Uh, or you could just Google my first name and find out pretty much anything that you want to know about me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. So. I, uh, it's been an amazing episode. I mean, if almost an hour flew by, uh, it was pretty amazing stuff. So I wish you all the best, especially with the product. Um, and then when you get back to market with your new refined systems, um, I hope everything sort of kicks into full gear for you. So uh, congrats on everything that you're working on. Thank you. uh, everybody else who's listening, you know the drill. It's mattreport.com slash subscribe. Join the mailing list. And as always, if you can leave a five-star review in iTunes, that would be amazing. I like to beat out all my good WordPress podcasting friends, like Troy Dean, in fact, get a little bit more reviews than him, although he's got that great Australian accent, so it's impossible to compete with him at that level. Um, but as long as I can beat out him and Brian Krogsgaard, I'm feeling good. <laughs> so, everybody, so everybody head on over to iTunes to search for Matt Report, WordPress podcast, uh, leave a five-star five review. That would be amazing. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.